champions of England. Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of TCK's Premier League podcast with me, Sebastian Noren. I'm joined by Polly Questel and no Elliot, at least as of yet. We'll see if he shows up here during the recording. If not, me and Polly will do our best here to hold down the fort. And uh, yeah, we'll go through all the action from match day Do a better five. job than Josie is doing, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, don't throw any kids yeah. under the bus. Um, well, he's not a an adult he can handle it because he's if you go if we throw him under the bus he'll just find all of his players there and then maybe he can manage them yeah yeah Uh, first off though we'll talk about the friday game between liverpool and chelsea Uh, all three of us thought that chelsea they were going to win this you know at home at stanford bridge but instead it was liverpool that pulled out a two to one victory i mean liverpool really showing up against the bigger teams here at least to start the season this is a bad job by us because we I I did specifically say the sentence last week that Liverpool seemed to play up and down to their opponents. Yes. And then we all just said, "Okay, cool." And then we all forgot about that. Like it went one in one ear and out the other. Yeah. I mean, None I of us took that to heart. Yeah. I do, I just felt that after the way that Chelsea were done by Swansea in that 2-2 draw that they were going to be hungry, but yeah, pretty lackluster especially first half there from Chelsea. Uh, Liverpool, they jumped out to a 2 nothing lead uh, in the first half. Dejan Lovren scored. I mean, who would have thunk that? Well, there. I mean, if it wasn't Dejan Lovren, it would have been someone else. There yes. were three people there waiting, <laughs> waiting that for the ball. This is more like Chelsea true. saying, like, why bother defending on this? Yeah. And, and this That's the issue right now is, is uh, Antonio Conte is like a defensive guy. He's Italian. Uh Italians love playing defense. Where have Chelsea been? You know, wh- where's the defense there? I, now, we did we did highlight this before the season started. We said, you are going to be relying on John Terry a lot. That's a lot more than you want to be relying on him. Um, and they bring in David Luiz, who, you know, is always – he's good for a few moments of brilliance, and he's good for a few lapses of brilliance. So it – it's a give and a take it, but it's right now. If I'm a Chelsea fan, I'm concerned about the defending. Yeah, I mean Terry was out with an ankle injury, and so Luis came in there next to Cahill. But I think that as soon as Terry's back healthy, they're going to go Terry Cahill. Yeah, of course. Uh, but again, that's a lot of John Terry. Oh yeah, way too much John Terry. Uh, Jordan Henderson, the captain, he made it two nothing. Great goal from him. Fantastic goal. Uh, a very fantastic goal from a completely average player. Let's not lose sight of the fact that Jordan Henderson isn't going to step up and all of a sudden become Steven Gerrard or some new defender or some new midfielder. He's still average. He's clearly capable of moments of brilliance, but they will be m- less often than what a Liverpool player would like. Yeah, and then Diego Costas kept his scoring for me, pulled Chelsea back within one, but Liverpool take the three points. Yeah, Liverpool getting, again, they're getting the job done, and again, that loss to Burnley, ultimately, will it be a a blip on the radar? It ultimately could just be a blip on the radar, though, again, I'll tell you this, a loss to Burnley, it could ruin a title shot. Yeah, I mean, with the parity in the league as it is, a slip up here and there could end you, could end up costing you quite a lot here, but... Yeah, Liverpool. I mean, it's an impressive win in in the end. I'm I mean, just going saying, to Stanford Bridge. 
I'm just saying I've seen a team get like 88 points in a season once and lose at Turf Moor and lose the title by a point. There you go. Yep. Second week of the season. <laughs> I've seen it happen. Yes. I, but ultimately, am I ready to declare Liverpool title contenders yet? Uh, no, I'm not. But I am concerned about that. Yeah. Then moving yeah, on to Saturday, uh, Arsenal, they took a 41 win over Hull. Uh, you came close in that one as far as the score went. Um, oh, and then Jaka, like, yeah. come on, man. There was just no need for that. Yeah, so No sa- need for that injury time goal. Yeah, so Alexis Sanchez, stand-up player here for Arsenal in this one. He scored twice and missed a penalty. We should say that. Uh, Jake Livermore was sent off in the 40th minute there uh, in connection with the penalty. So Arsenal playing a man up against... Hull, you know, there was never going to be any doubt that they were going to win this. Although, you know, Robert Snodgrass, who we talked about before, he scored on a penalty to pull them back within one. And then two late goals there by Sanchez and Shaka to make the numbers look or, you know, the result look a little bit better. Still not convinced about Arsenal, though. Well, what, what, are, what, what concerns do you have now with them? I mean, it's the same as before, really. I mean, I, I feel like their their style works against a team like Hull, but when they go up against the big guys and there's no plan B, it's going to end up costing them points in the end. And honestly, I'm tempted to say that Arsenal are going to finish out of the top four this season. Well, right now, it's, that's, it's a crazy race for the top four, and I don't know who the favorites are. Yeah. I mean, I need to see Spurs put it together. I need to see United like be able to get a point in a game in the month of September. Um, you know, obviously Man City are going to be there. You got to start thinking Liverpool are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how long can Everton keep this up too? How long can Everton? I think Everton will be in the mix. I don't think I think they'll finish outside the top four, but I think they'll be in the mix right up until the end. Uh, it'll be like the Ronald Koeman special. They'll be there for way too long, and then at the end they'll like miserably fall on their face. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking at teams right now that are firmly putting themselves in the top four based on their play, you have Manchester City and you have Liverpool and everybody else you can make more arguments for why they won't finish in the top four than for why they will. Yes. Yeah, United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs. Yeah, consistency is the name of the game. Leicester, the reigning champions, they took a 3 nothing win over Burnley. Um, you know, pretty predictable. We all thought Leicester were going to pull it out there and I was right in my prediction about Islam Slimani he uh, grabbed two goals in this one so I I think he's going to turn out to be a really good buy for Leicester the question is just that how quickly can because they did actually add a lot of players they did so how long does it take before everything gels well here's the other question is um, how is this going to gel because remember last year they they played one of those 4-4-2s that really it had like a worker B striker up there in the Okazaki and Ochoa. They really, they just did grimy, dirty hold up play work that really allowed Vardy uh, to do his thing and Mares to do his thing. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a Troy Dini and Iga, uh, Igalo mm-hmm. partnership where both of them are scoring. So now you're going to, tr- you're adding a guy like Slomani. You're adding uh, the guy from Russia. His name on blank. Yeah. You're adding him who he could play on the wing, but again, their wing play was the flash of 
the uh, the flash of Riyad Mahrez and the worker bee of Mark Albright. And so mm. now if you're adding, you know, you could keep the system the same kind of, but you're adding different pieces, which is going to make it work differently. And I think this was a good two-game stretch for them. We we said last week, we said going into the Champions League, this was a good game for them. You know, get your Champions League feet wet. You go, you're playing a, an away game, so there's no expectations on you. You're playing a, a pretty bad team in the Champions League, so it gives you the chance to really uh, get... Uh, get going and and then you you follow that up with a home game against Burnley that's a perfect time to also be able to get now they've got two wins under their belt uh two three nil wins under their belt so last two games six nil now they'll get a league cup game against some joke of a team whoever they're actually aren't they playing a Premier League team they're playing Chelsea yeah that's not a joke of a team (laughs) um Unless, but you might be able to get Chelsea's U21s, which is probably like Chelsea's U16s because everybody between the age of 17 and 21 at Chelsea is out on loan. Yeah, I mean, so, the, the League Cup usually, you know, it, it sort of is what it is. I mean, it's a step below the FA Cup as far as uh, prestige goes. So we'll see it's what kind of. the Cal- Europa League of domestic cups. Ooh, there we go. But I, I think Slimani, he has that work rate. So I think he, him and Vardy can be a really. Really good partnership there, actually. And then if you want to slot out Vardy, if you want to rest him for a game, you can put in Musa. So I'm looking for Leicester to start making some noise here. Manchester- I'm just, I yes. again, I think those guys need to pick up a lot of the burden because again, I think Vardy is going to get like 15 goals this year. He's not, he's not putting 25 in. Mm. Yeah, that's a lot to ask. Absolutely, Manchester yeah, but- City. Their incredible, you know, start to the season continues. A four nothing win over Bournemouth. Uh, despite being out Aguero, they didn't miss a single beat. You know, De Bruyne was They're awesome again. They're not going again. to. No. I mean, no. how do you beat this team? Yeah, no, they are so impressive. De Bruyne opened up the scoring. He was phenomenal again. Iannaccio got on the board. Sterling and Gundogan also scored. And it was just a really, really good performance by City. The only little blip on the, you know, on the game was Nolito getting sent off four minutes before time. Oh well, like just yeah. Somebody, oh wow. yes. Like someone else will step in now. Yeah, but and I mean, I mean this. Is... My question to you is: They did this last season too. They opened up five straight wins, and then the inconsistency stepped in. They only won more than two games in a row in the league on two occasions after that promising start. Is there any chance that we'll see a repeat of this, or do you think Guardiola, seeing that it's his first season, all the players are sort of up for it? Are they going to just keep on rolling? Uh, all right, so couple of couple of points there. Yes, I agree with you. You don't hand the title to anybody in September. And we saw them dominate and run away with the field last year. And by October, November, it was like they're not winning the title. Um, we saw Chelsea do it a couple years ago where they didn't end up winning the title. So you don't, you don't give away titles, certainly not before Columbus Day, not before Election Day, uh, really not before Christmas. Let's, let's put the, the beat on that. Uh, last year is a different situation because City have always had motivation problems. They've always gotten complacent. And I think last year they're coming, they were not coming off of a title winning season. So that's out. But yeah, uh, they were a bit complacent. They seem to have just been riding it out and collecting paychecks. Um, I think this year is going to be different for the reason that I think, first of all, Pep Guardiola is going to get 45 goals out of Sergio Aguero. I mean, the guy, you plug the guy in, he's going to score. 
it, it's clear because everybody else that they plug in there is scoring. Guardiola's system seems to just get the most out of his strikers. Number two, Guardiola seems to have uh, focused everything on Kevin De Bruyne, and I think that is going to get the most out of Kevin De Bruyne. You're going to get a very determined Kevin De Bruyne this year, which is very good. Last year, last year we had uh, Mancini kind of being like, well, I have De Bruyne, and I have um, – their manager was not Man- Mancini. It was uh, Pellegrini, yes. the other Italian guy. No, Pellegrini is Chilean. Chilean. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> facts aren't important. No, they're both uh, ending in knee, so yes. Yeah. Um, last year you had him saying, I have David Silva, I have Kevin De Bruyne, I have Raheem Sterling. We just spent a lot of money on, on De Bruyne and Sterling, so I got to play them. So we just threw them out on the field, and it didn't work, but he was just so determined to make it work between them. And that really hurt City a lot. Other thing that really hurt City, Yaya Toure. When oh, he yeah. showed up, City were great. When he didn't show up, which was more often than that, they weren't. Pep doesn't have to worry about that. Yaya Toure is just the guy that, I guess maybe he sees him when he comes into work some days. Like maybe they cross paths every so often. You have Ek Gundogan, who, I mean, I was saying for years that United should go out and sign this guy, and no one pays attention to the guy from Dortmund. They sign the other flashy guys from Dortmund who suck. Get the get the midfielder who starts the attacks. And that's what City did, and boom, right away. I mean, they overran Bournemouth midfield. Yeah, yeah. Not so even no, Jack Wilshere could uh... have that same issue this year because you're not relying on good Yaya Toure to show up. And I think you're going to get an amazing season out of Kevin De Bruyne and 45 goals out of Sergio Aguero. Yeah, and I mean Guardiola, he really put his stamp on this team early on too. You know, with the whole. You know, I'm going to send out Joe Hart on loan and bring in Bravo and bring in Gundogan. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to be phenomenal. We'll just see how long it takes and how I'm they gonna, Pretty much Guardiola said, I'm going to buy players that will fit into this team and make us better. And Jose Mourinho said, I'm going to buy players. Yeah, yeah. Now, City looking strong to start the season. We'll see how they react, too, if there is some adversity. Uh We'll talk more about adversity when we come to Manchester United. But first, West Bromwich what Albion. What What happened? Yeah. They played this week? Yeah. West Bromwich Albion took a 4-2 to win over West Ham. I'm just going to ask you this. You don't have – just get do your best guess. When was the last time West Bromwich scored four goals in a league game? Oh, the last game of Sir Alex Ferguson's managerial career, the 5-5 draw. No, they actually managed one time after that. Oh! Yeah, they did take a, I think it was a 4 nothing win over Burnley in the beginning of the 2014-15 season. But yeah, West Brom, they don't score a lot of goals, that's for sure. Uh, they seem to have picked up a real gem in Nasser Chadli that they brought over from Tottenham. He had two goals and two assists. So a lot going through Chadley there. Uh, they went up 4 nothing in this one in under an hour. And then West Ham, yeah, they pulled two two goals back through Antonio and Lanzini. But, yeah, West Brom putting in a performance and not yeah. being boring. Uh, they're starting to. They are starting to, to do that. They have they had conceded two goals up until those the two goals that they conceded against West Ham. So we like to poo-poo uh, West Brom. We don't really like their style of play. No. But 
they are starting to, to play a little bit direct. They're starting to put the ball in the net. Nasir Chadley's been doing a good job, and they don't concede goals, and it's time to start taking them seriously. And I'm just glancing at their schedule. Hey, man, if this, this offensive juggernaut right now, next week they get Stoke City. Could oh. be some goals coming from West Brom. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's the that's been the thing with West Brom adult. They always really... A pro tip I'm going to give you to try to catch Elliot. Elliot's mm-hmm. not going to get that tip. But no. Stoke City gets up a lot of goals. West Brom's starting to score them. I mean, the, the thing is that they're really solid defensively. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that they've been so boring to watch because they've tried to suffocate the, the opponent and then just nick one off a set piece. But with Chadley coming in and actually adding some creativity to this game, as long as you've got Jacob and Fletcher sort of sweeping the midfield and make sure that Chadley gets the ball, yeah, they can actually go on and score some goals. Yeah, and, and the only the only problem with that strategy is Claudio Jacob is always like a, a red card away. Mm. So if he's, st- if he's in the game, you're good. Otherwise... You know, make sure that he's staying in the game. Darren Fletcher, much more composed out there. Yeah. And I think they did a smart thing in bring, bringing in Brandon Galloway. Yeah. Anytime you add depth to your team, you can't, you can't argue against that. Yeah. Then the last game on Saturday, that was Everton taking on Middlesbrough. It was 3-1 to Everton. They keep on winning here after getting a draw in the first game against Tottenham. They've now won four on in a row. Um yeah, Gareth Barry playing his 600th Premier League game and scoring in this one, too. Um, but it was Middlesbrough. They took the lead on a questionable goal. Um, Martin Steckelberg came up to handle the ball. Alvaro Negredo basically heads, headbutts Stecklenburg on the elbow, so he fumbles the ball into the back of his net. That should have been an obvious free kick. Yeah, I missed this game. I'm. I just again. I said it on Friday. Ronald Coleman's Everton. I'm buying in. Yeah. I'm buying in. I'm buying in. I bought in last week when the stock was a little bit lower, uh, so I got some a profit to be made here. But I I like where this where this team is going and how they're going to play. Yeah, I mean he's really showing that he's uh should be considered one of the better managers in the league right now. Uh, say same as Coleman and Lukaku also scored in this one. It did. I did. I was a little bit shocked uh, to find out that Gareth Barry is still alive and playing and earning a paycheck. Yeah. That was a little concerning. I think Gareth Barry is always going to be. He's going to go down as the guy who. Um, how many England caps does he have? Gareth Barry. I have no idea. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, me, double check me. this. I can say that Lukaku had to leave the game in the second half with a slight injury. So we'll see how you know if that turns out to be. You know, a lot worse than initially thought. Then that could hurt them. Gareth Barry made has fifty three England caps, and pretty much all of them are because he's not Frank Lampard or Steven Gerrard. Ah, oh, there we go. Because he he got all of his caps during that like late two thousands period when England still were playing a four four two, and we're like, well, like we can't do Gerrard and Lampard at the same time because that just doesn't work. And they're like, oh, we have this Gareth Barry guy. He'll sit back and. He'll hold up. He'll be the holding midfielder. They had Carrick, who they just neglected to ever use yeah. for some reason. And Skulls. Uh, and no, well, Skulls at this point was retired. Oh. And they had Carrick. And then his career fell off the map because he went to Manchester City, which is where English midfielders go to die, and then caught back on at Everton. Hmm? 
So yeah, congrats to Barry, 600 appearances. That's quite the accomplishment. Uh, moving over to Sunday and uh, Watford's 3-1 to win over Manchester United. Man, oh man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where to start in this one. Uh, we could say that Etienne Capoue scored again. You know, he's turning out to be a real good get for Watford. Um, I So I, I, full disclosure on this, I had a wedding Saturday night, so I woke up. My alarm went off at 6.55 to wake me up for this game, and I just said, absolutely not. And... I watched it when I got home at about one o'clock yesterday, so I didn't see any of the post-match stuff. I need a I need a brief rundown of the Jose Mourinho post-match. What went wrong? Uh, who is who do we have to throw under the bus to blame for this? Uh, what what's the deal here? Well, he said that some players are not, you know, they might not be up for the pressure. Uh, he uh, he said that the referees were making some mistakes. Uh, he, you know, I can agree with the thing with their opening goal is that I thought it was a okay. Foul. So here's here I kind of thought it was a foul too, but the, the the commentators were so adamant that it wasn't. They just replay after replay after replay. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, that's a queen tackle, queen tackle." They were doubling, tripling down on that. Here's the thing, though. Um, there is this rule in the Premier League. It's it might not be the most well known rule, but it's there. It's in writing, and it says if you if a player you know gets a head injury, and you leave him on the field, if you are the manager and you leave a player with a head injury who no longer knows what planet he's on, if you leave him in the game, and that directly leads to the team's first goal, you're not allowed to complain about the game. You can only point the finger at yourself. Yeah, Martial, he took a knock in the 27th minute. Um, I think it was. Yes. And uh, he, um, yeah, a clash of heads with, uh, I think it was Jan Mott. And clearly he had like a... He was dead. He had he like a dead. concussion or something. And then he, he got... He was dead. Then Martial was the one who got tackled in the 34th minute leading up to Kapui's goal. I do still think that Britos went on his knee a little bit too hard. Uh, I don't feel like that's yes, a clean tackle. He got the ball first, and I think it just looked worse because, again, Martial, I don't think Martial knew where he was. Yeah. I mean, if you watch where he was going, he was running the wrong way. Uh, if he was going to try to turn around and double back, you didn't. I don't know if he was going to. Mm. Um, no. So that was, that was one thing. And then... He's, he's about to double back. Martial then stayed down, which made it look a lot worse than it was. He stayed down because, you know, he was dead already. Like, yeah. he, he had a head injury. He tried to play and he couldn't and he collapsed again. This is like when Germany left Christoph Kramer on, on the field in the World Cup final and all of a sudden he just collapsed again. That's why Martial went down. He didn't go down because of the tackle and stay down because of the tackle. He went down because his head just gave out on him. Yeah. He never should have been on that field. And, you know, like if if something happens to him, Mourinho should get arrested for negligence or something. No, I mean, That's- there's still, I mean, con- concussion protocols in a lot of sports are still subpar. I know that the NFL and the NHL has really started to take a harder look at it. but uh, The NFL is pretending that they are. But, I mean, as far as soccer goes they're still way behind. So, yeah, Kapui yeah, Kapui put Watford in front. Marcus Rashford, he tied things up around the hour mark um, after some 
nice little play back and forth with slot done. Then Marcus, Kel- oh, that was a great goal. Then Cam- the, the little one two. Yeah. And then Camilo Suniga came in. He came on, and then like thirty seconds later, he scored a goal for Watford to put him ahead again. And then Tordini added a third one late in stoppage time from the penalty spot. And yeah, really bad performance once again from Manchester United. And it was the third. No, yeah, it was the first loss against Watford in thirty years. Yeah. It's the first time since 2002 when Mourinho was with Porto that he's lost three games in a row. Get this, though. This is Mourinho's 14th loss in his last 32 games. Yeah. The special one Mm -hmm. who doesn't change his tactics, who doesn't really have tactics. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, Um, we better hire him. Let's fire our manager right now because this guy's available, even though he's available because he got fired in December for being so bad. Yeah. So they take on Northampton Town in the EFL Cup, the League Cup, on Wednesday. Then they host Leicester City on Saturday, and then they have uh, Soria Luhansk in the Europa League at home, we should say, uh, midweek. And then they got Stoke. How many wins do you see here? I mean, they better beat Stoke. Yeah. They better beat Northampton Town, even though if they play with the reserves, they should still beat Northampton. See, but here's the thing. I, I think I think they should play with the first team in this game, and it should be... Oh, like a should... morale booster or something? No, a punishment. Oh, you guys punishment. suck, and now you guys got to play against, the, against, the, against Northampton Town. That's one thing, and... Number two is, I don't really want the young kids hanging out near Jose Mourinho. Mm. Don't let him get his stink on their potential. Yeah, and then big game against Leicester, of course, next Saturday. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But the pressure is definitely on at Manchester United now. Meanwhile, I am. they don't seem to have them here. I do want to see what the line is for this game against Northampton Town because you can't. I mean, is Northampton Town even, like, that big of an underdog? I mean, they should be. Yeah, well, they might be a little bit of an intriguing underdog then. Yeah. This guy, I mean, the honeymoon period's over. Like, he got ruined by an international break, and now it's like we could we could be getting into, like, year three of Jose pretty quickly. And it's, like, falling apart because the guy can't even tell that he needs to change something up. I mean – Fellaini's a midfield bully, all right? If if that's what you want out of him, fine. But, like, can you put Paul Pogba, the guy who you spent 89 million pounds, in a, in a position where he can do something? Mm-hmm. Can you give Anthony Martial a break so that he can rest a bit and get back to being his best? Or, you know, I don't know, if he has a head injury and doesn't know where he is, take him off the field? Can you... Can you put Marcus Rashford in a situation where he could be at his best? Why are you playing him all the way wide? I mean, I still feel like Rashford out wide could work. Um, it could, but it's 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 why are you making that his primary you know position essentially? No, but I mean that's the thing though. If you would, let's say Mourinho would say like, "Screw it, I'm not going to coach this game." Polly, here you take over. What sort of formation would you line up with? Oh, okay. You go four four two. And I know that's like the most old school and basic line of thinking, and the game has quote-unquote, evolved from that, it hasn't, all right? Look back at who's won the Premier League. 
it's mostly teams that play 4-4-2. United won it 13 times playing with that formation. All right, I understand, like, things have shifted and we don't, we don't, uh, you know, the game has evolved since, you know, back when United won it in 1996. All right, who won it last year? Leicester City. What'd they do? They played 4-4-2. Um, Manchester City. They came around. The first year that they, that they won it, I don't remember exactly what formation they played, but I could tell you this. Sergio Aguero started a lot of games that year. Carlos Tevez started a lot of games that year. Mario Balotelli started a lot of games that year. That's three strikers right there, and the only way all three could start a lot of games is if two of them are starting at, at one time. Yeah. So that's a 4-4-2 in my eyes. Yeah, do and that. I, and I mean, <laughs> do that. Yeah, and I when mean, did, when did this game become? And this is my war. My my take. I I spoke about this uh, with a friend over the weekend. I am now declaring war on the four-two-three-one formation because to me, the four-two-three-one is playing not to lose. All right. There's definitely times where you need a three-man midfield. All right. I remember uh, like in 2009 the when United went to Europe and they would play Fletcher Carrick Skulls in the midfield, and it, and that was a great midfield. It worked very well. There's times where you need a three-man midfield. Most of the time, you don't. And for some reason, people now associate a 4-4-2 as both your central midfielders just get to maroon up the field and it leaves you exposed. No. Like, that's not how it works. Like, one of them stays back and the other one gets forward. And that doesn't necessarily turn it into a diamond either. No. You know? You could have your Roy Keane who sits back and your Paul Scholes who goes forward or uh, your N'Golo Conte who sits back and your Danny Drinkwater who gets forward. If you want to play Fellaini and, and Pogba at the same time, that's fine. Just play them like that uh, and play. Pogba's going to get forward and Fellaini's going to sit back. Or maybe one time Fellaini gets forward because it's a set piece and you want him in the box and Pogba sits back. But then you could have Zlatan and Rashford playing it up the middle you could play it as as a 4-4-2 with you know a left striker and a right striker or you could play it as a 4-4-1-1 which is which is you know people keep saying Wayne Rooney's best position is as that number 10 guy no it's not no his best and his favored position was to play off the striker in the old and this position doesn't seem to exist anymore Mm -hmm. the second striker oh the shadow striker Oh right, the guy who sat behind Van Nistelrooy or sat behind um, sat behind Louis Saha and just pounded in goals. That guy. Yeah. And you could have Rashford going out there and stretching stretching teams and getting in behind the defenses, and that can allow Zlatan to be as your second striker, or it can allow Zlatan to drop back and get the ball, which he likes to do too. So now you're you're putting him in a position that's best for you, while also keeping him happy by putting him in a possession that's best for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, it's that's simple. The, that's and the thing too. Marino's just locked into this four-two-three-one, which to me, again, that's playing not to lose. You don't need two midfielders back there. And it just it goes to. I remember the we bring it up as an example all the time that Manchester derby last year at Old Trafford, where both teams played the 4-2-3-1, and neither of them let their midfielders get forward, and they both just said to their top four, guys, try to do something and win us the game, but it probably won't happen. Yeah. No, I think that Slatan and Rashford could really create some magic here if you say, you know, if Slatan is allowed to sort of drop down there, because he is a great link-up player too. So, yeah, something needs to be done here, and you can't be afraid to put Rooney on the bench. No. You just can't. And I think uh, more and more, I just think how we should have sold him when David Moyes took over. 
And I, I remember the time and I remember why we had to keep him. But if Sterox Ferguson decides that a player is done, that means he probably has like one good year left in him, which mm-hmm. Rooney had one good year left in him. And then just get to pull the plug. We should have pulled the plug on that. Chelsea wanted him. Could have been Chelsea's problem right now. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing now too, though. I don't think, I don't see him in another Premier League club. It's going to be like China. No, he'll go to America. He's yeah. not going to fit in in China. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know how money hungry he is. So, I mean, he already has plenty of money. But if he just he, thinks with his wallet, then China. No, I, I don't. Because he does care about his family and think about his family. And I don't think his family would do well in China. No, so, no that's got to be really tough. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a Red Bulls shirt. Oh, you mean LA Galaxy shirt? Yes, yes. yes. No, he's not going to go to the Galaxy. That won't happen. The Galaxy have too many guys. I mean, not after next year. Oh, and Robbie Keane leaves. Yeah, Robbie Keane leaves. Gerard probably retires. Yeah. I would. Ah, they'll have some room. His brother played for the Red Bulls. I wouldn't be shocked to see him as like a. He's. But Looney's not like a glitzy Hollywood guy. That is true, though, but you don't think his wife would like that? I think New York would do her just fine. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like after all these years in Manchester, she deserves some sunshine. She'll get it. And during the MLS season, New York's a great place to be. Sun, The sun's out. Yeah. It's, you know, during the off season, and, and I, let's be honest, during the winter, they'll be back in, in Manchester, Liverpool. Or get a house in, like, Scottsdale, Arizona. There no, they'll be go. back in... <laughs> They'll be back. They're not going to do that because, well, here's the thing. She might, if that's, if he goes to MLS, they might just stay. Yep. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Let's move on, the, though. The big question would be is because the Red Bulls have kind of gotten away from the designated player thing. So would the other New York City team that is owned by the other Manchester team Ooh. try to sign Rooney? Rooney and David V up front. With Jack Harrison on the wing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who does the Red Bull? They have a, a Bradley Wright Phillips. Is it Bradley Wright Phillips? Yeah, Bradley yeah. Wright Phillips. It's, it was exactly that, that. That's such a knock against the MLS that Bradley Wright Phillips constantly leads the league in scoring. Goal machine. Okay. As did uh, that guy from uh, Juan Pablo on Hell. Yes, on Hell. Classic player. Classic yeah, player. Stop okay. trying to tell me you have a good league when those guys lead the league in scoring. Let's move on. Crystal Palace. They pummeled Stoke four to one. Uh, Stoke in total disarray. Um, <laughs> Palace jumping off to a 2 nothing lead within 12 minutes in this one after goals by both their center backs. Yeah. So, yeah, Palace finally... get some center backs involved. Yeah, seriously. Scott Dan, I think he scored most goals by all center backs going back like a year or something. I, I think I read a stat on that. Um, James MacArthur and Andy Townsend. Townsend scoring his first goal for Crystal Palace. Um, before Arnautovic pulled one back late in the game. Uh, yeah, Stoke in total freefall here. What, what's happening, really? It's a great question. What is happening? I mean, bottom and- of the table, they have a goal difference of minus 11, and they only have one point in five games. They're worse, they're, they are worse than Sunderland right now. They're worse than Sunderland, and... Other than, yeah, so they drew on that first week against Middlesbrough, and then since then they've conceded four, conceded one, conceded four, conceded four. Woof. Might want to start learning how to play defense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, looking at the back line here for the game against Crystal Palace, um, you had Jeff Cameron on the right, Shawcross and Indy in the middle, and then Glenn Johnson on the left. But the big problem here is you're playing Shea Given because Jack Butland is injured. I, I, it's hard for me. I mean, yes, I understand how good goalkeepers are. It's oh, hard yeah, for me no, to be no. like, oh, Butland isn't going to save all those. If they had Jack Butland, they'd only concede one? Come on. No, but I'm wondering if Given, since he is, you know, done and dusted, if that affects the, the people ahead of him because he's not giving off confidence. I feel like the goal, goalkeepers can have that effect on a back line. If the goalkeeper is shaky, the back line is going to be shaky. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, like, just go to an academy kid. Yeah, go, I mean... The kids got, because the 43-year-old's got nothing. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get to this when we get to the Sunderland game. Uh, we can actually go to Sunderland game right now. They lost one nothing to Tottenham, and if it wasn't for Jordan Pickford, this you game... No, I like that kid. He's yeah. got some spunk. I mean, this game could have gone out of hand. He did a really good job as Sunderland are just awful in defense. And I he thought had... he did a good job against Everton last week, too. And then, you know, Romulo Okaku will, will pick apart the best the best of goalkeepers. Yes. Yeah, no, Pick, Pickford, I mean, really good start. I know Moise doesn't really want to play him this much because he's only, um, let me double check his age here real quick. He's a kid, but. Yeah, he's 22. Know. Okay. David, take the shackles off, David. Come on. You probably could have hung around at United for a bit longer if you didn't insist on only starting Yanazai like once a month against terrible teams. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of Yanazai, he got sent off in this one uh, after two pretty dumb yellow cards. So he'll miss the next game for them. Harry Kane scored in this one, the lone goal. And then he had to go off on a stretcher. Probably hurt himself. Yeah, he had to leave the game on a stretcher. Um, in the 87th minute. Uh, Eric Dyer and Musa Dembele also left the game. Uh, Pochettino said they both um, had cramps in their hamstrings. Dembele, that makes sense. The guy hasn't played a match in ages. Mm-hmm. And Dyer just playing too much. Maybe, or just he cramped up. Didn't Delio he get hurt also? Uh, I don't know if he... He, I mean, he might have been a little, just a slight knock, but nothing that had couldn't keep him. Signed a new contract today. Yeah, he did. Six new seasons. Uh, probably got paid a lot too. So good for him. He made his debut about a year ago. He made his debut on the first day of the season. He came on as a sub against United. Yeah, he made his first start against Sunderland. Ah, all right. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah, no. Tottenham though, going forward now. Jensen, you better you better figure it out quick. He's played he's played okay. Mm-hmm. He's you know he's featured in every in every Premier League game, so it's not like you're throwing you're going to somebody completely cold. But um, no, and now he gets to play in his favorite position too. Yeah, um, but you know you better start scoring yeah. really quickly because Tottenham pretty much are designed that their striker scores their goals, and that's about it. So you you better develop that understanding with the other players. You better and you better they need him to step up big right now other question other thing to watch now big sam you know one of your strikers seems to be a left winger for jurgen klopp uh because for so and this is also why i just i can't fathom buying into liverpool is how is roberto firmino their central guy oh i have no idea i don't know but one of big sam's strikers is a, a left winger or a right winger 
The other one isn't really scoring. Uh, he scored against Liverpool because Liverpool, uh, Lucas set him up for a can't-miss goal. Mm-hmm. And other other than that, when has he scored? So uh, you got to think long and hard for your next two games about your striker being some 18-year-old kid. Yep, Marcus Rashford, of course. You, you know, got to think long. And this is and this is this is how you get your breaks in international soccer. You mm-hmm. wait for so, you wait for your chance. Someone gets hurt, you take that chance and you don't give it back. And that's pretty much what Rashford has done his entire career. Yeah. Is he waited for someone to get hurt? Martial goes down. Rashford steps in, makes Louis Van Gaal move everybody else around for him because uh, it was just like you can't drop me. Uh, Roy Hodgson has to take notice, puts him on the team, drops Theo Walcott, you know? He's take every time he gets a chance, he's taking it. And Big Sam, you should probably invest in get in giving him a chance. And it was uh I know it's a little bit off the uh we're going a little bit into England here, but Rooney, stop it. I read just an interesting article last time that just showed how England's mind is so backwards thinking right now in that you know, they're probably going to have more of the same problems. Big Sam takes over, and instead of throwing Rashford into the starting 11 and saying, hey, we're going to bring in all these new players and new blood and, and really make people fight for their place in the team, his idea is leave Rashford at home and try to get John Terry to come out of retirement. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, uh, with Kane out, uh, if he you know stays injured for a while here, Deli Ali and uh, um Son really have to step up. I mean, Ali had 10 goals in the league last season, so we know yeah, he can score. Yeah, that was Ali. Now we got Delhi. Oh, now we got Delhi. Okay. Now we got Delhi. Yep. Then the last game, Southampton, they took their first league win of the season. They um, came off that win in the Europa League against Sparta Prague, and then they followed that up with a one nothing win over Swansea. Charlie Austin with the lone goal there. Um, Austin started on the bench despite... You know, grabbing two goals against Prague. Uh, it's part of Claude Puel's rotation philosophy. And, um, yeah, I mean, he came off fresh off the bench and scored, so he can't really complain. I'm more – I'm more – it's – I'm more interested in the fact that uh, Southampton, they look like they're starting to put it together. They've, they've shorn up the defense. You know, I think the goals will eventually start coming because they do have – I mean, Charlie Austin should be a better striker than he is. Yeah, and Shane Long is, you know, he's probably good for like 10 goals. Yeah, he's your worker B. Yeah, and then you got but, Todd Itch. Yeah, Todd Itch should be catching on. Yeah, Redmond. I mean, the loss of, the loss of Pele and Mane is going to hurt them, but yes. I think it's to see if, hey, if you're going to win 1 0 games, it's a good thing you've shorn up your defense. And they played well against Arsenal last week, and now they're, I think they're starting to turn the corner. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what they can do here going forward. Uh, take a quick look at the table. I know it's early on still, but, I mean, except from Stoke and Sunderland being, you know, dead in the water almost already, West Ham, they are in the relegation zone right now. Yo, they need to figure their stuff out because that defense is starting to, it's starting to worry me. Yeah, James Collins should not be starting. It's, 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 you know, it's like we joke about it every week and, and we say, you know, oh, is, is Dimitri Pyatt playing? Like, okay, he is good. They'll get some goals. Yeah, they will. But you can't just rely on Dimitri Pyatt to create magic every week. Uh, Mikel Antonio is providing goal after goal after goal. Mm-hmm. But what the back? Like, you, you can't let everything in. You know, you can't go to a, a screen door isn't going to stop water from coming into your house. That's a very good analogy. 
Very, very good. We'll round off with that. We'll be back later in the week previewing match day six and talk about all the exciting stuff from the EFL Cup. Ooh. So much EFL Cup that yeah. I'm not going to be able to watch. Two full days of EFL Cup. I like how uh, I like how I don't even know what Vienna is showing on Wednesday, but they're not showing the United game until 10 p.m. Oh yeah, I know that they're showing the Leicester Chelsea game live. They are showing the Leicester Chelsea game live, yeah. um, but the United game not happening until uh, until much later. U.S. news: Christian Pulisic is starting to freaking dominate for Dortmund. He's getting his chances. Mm-hmm. Yep, he had another it, fine game. A goal and two assists in his. First Bundesliga start, second start in a row. Uh, don't get used to it because I'm pretty sure everybody there is injured, which also you could rely on because Marco Royce is always injured. But if Dortmund knew what they knew now, they would have sold Marco Royce to, Chelsea, to Real Madrid for $45 million a couple of years ago, mm. don't you think? Yeah. I mean, Pulisic really – he, he's, eight, he's 18 now, right? He turned 18 yesterday. There we it's go. Just, Happy just, birthday. Uh, You're now a man. Uh, it's not just like Pulisic, though. It's the fact that Royce is just always hurt, and he seems to never m- get up for the big games. Yep. Pulisic takes his chances. Yep. Expect- he better be in that starting lineup against Mexico. That's yep. all I can say. I think it's time for a feeding here for my little daughter, so we'll <laughs> round off. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norim. Polly's P. Quistel, WFAN. And today, CK is the main Twitter handle. So we'll talk to you again later in the week. Until then, have a good one. Bye.